Hi, welcome to Hollywood. This is Josh. And this is Carter, and we are coming to you from the remnants of the Avengers, and Josh and I have both now seen Captain America Civil War. Uh, the ashes of Sokovia. <laughs> okay, um, let's just start this off. This is a spoiler-heavy episode, so if you haven't seen this yet, just stop listening. Go watch, <laughs> listen to one of our other podcasts, please. But yeah, or, unless you want spoilers, then you know, keep listening. Or give this, go watch it and give Disney your money, because they're hard up there. Um, they, Kevin Feigl needs to eat. Feige needs to eat. Yeah, Kevin Feige needs to what? He needs to eat. He, he gets support. Need- they support Marvel money. They're Marvel movies because they need the money. That is true. Kevin Feige. Does. I don't think they've made any money. And Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he's got the food on the table. Yeah, I mean, players got to eat. So. It- I think we can both safely say that this was one of the best Marvel movies that have been made. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely up there. And to be fair, I don't think there is a bad Marvel movie. I'd say they're all better than mediocre. Yeah, I mean, like, the Thor standalones aren't the greatest thing in the world. The Iron Man sequels. The Iron Man sequels definitely aren't. um, But you know what? Yeah. They're still good. Oh, yeah, they're better than most other movies. I mean, they're better than anything DC's put out, and sadly enough. Yeah. Since Dark Knight, uh, anyway. <laughs> um, let's start this off with Captain America Civil War. We begin with it's 1991, Cold of We run into Bucky being issued a code, uh, code words to bring him as into the Winter Soldier through Hydra's mind manipulation program. I think we saw bits of that Winter Soldier, the movie. Not, the, not the passwords, but, but him getting out and then torturing him, basically. Yeah. Um, and we show Bucky running a car off a road. And as soon as he does, he grabs the contents out of the trunk, uh, which looked to me immediately like, hey, this is there's more this is more serum. And the second that happened the, the second he ran that car off the road, <laughs> I called that as to who was in there. See and I was confused at first. I wasn't. I knew it because it kept going in my head, hey, they've really hinted at Tony Stark's dad dying in a car accident a lot during the, the entire series. Yeah, they, they hinted at, like, when they went to the Hydra base and the uh, Winter Soldier, they mentioned that Hydra killed Tony's parents. Like, explicitly said that Hydra was yeah. behind it. And... Did they say that Winter Soldier... Yeah, it was in the, uh, remember Arnim Zola is in the computer? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, yeah, given yeah. basically a ton of uh, exposition. That's right, that's right. I'm kind of wondering how he Cap knew. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so I immediately knew that is Tony's dad yeah. in that car. And we find out later in the movie, yeah, that was Tony's dad that Bucky killed Tony's father. That's kind of their Luke, I am your father moment almost. Yeah. Um, other points to note, and then we pick up uh, right after that with an, a mission in uh, Nigeria with the Avengers, which are now featuring at this point uh, Cap, Widow, uh, uh, Vision. The Vision wasn't with him then. Well, Vision wasn't with him at the time, but he's still part of the Avengers. Yeah, he's, uh, he's on the roster. I don't know why he wasn't with him though. Yeah, you'd think any mission you'd bring your Vision with you, but with Thor and Hulk gone, he's their big gun. Yeah, like Thor's up in um, Asgard. Hulk is MIA from everyone at this point. I don't think War Machine was with them either. It was just uh, Scarlet Witch, Cap, Black Widow, and um. Uh, Falcon. Here's something that kind of got me. All right, War Machine 
was War Machine here, and he was War Machine in Avengers 2, right? Yeah, he was Iron Patriot in Iron Man 3. Right. When did he ditch the Iron Man 3 and go back? I think Tony always hated Iron Patriot, and I think even Rhodey did. Like, they hinted about it. I think it was just a government thing. Oh, it was, and they clearly said that it was a government issue. It was about branding. People didn't like it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But they didn't. Really, they haven't really explained it in the movie and why they switched back. Um, no. But then we come into, uh, you know, they have this giant thing, and it turns out it's Crossbones, which um, we saw Crossbones not yet become Crossbones, but at the end of uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. And he's moving, he breaks into uh, what's basically the CDC and steals a virus. So they've got to get the virus back. And they do, but you know, him and Tony end up in the standoff. And Crossbones tries to blow himself up, which I was like, wow, he's actually going to die. Yeah, I was shocked how fast they killed off Crossbones. Yeah, I was like, man, that was fast. And he ain't coming back from that. But luckily, uh, Wanda was there. And she used her telekinetic powers to pick up crossbones and throw them upward, but accidentally got close to a building. Of course, blew it up. In the back of my mind, I'm like, was that really accidental? Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, I'm saying, you know, Wanda's shady history and future. Yeah, but the even if really accidental, man. Look at her face, the horror. Yeah. I don't trust her, but yeah. I, I, I'll take it as an accident. Like, give Wanda the benefit of the doubt. So yeah, uh, Crossbones' guts go everywhere and blow half the building up. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And it was bye-bye Crossbones. So yeah. then we come to a part where Tony's having a conference at MIT. Uh Pepper is unfortunately not with him. Yeah, I guess Gwyneth Paltrow is not coming back. It's either Gwyneth Paltrow is not coming back, or they just did not have the money. Yeah. But the weird, they should, like, young Robert Downey Jr., they, like, de-aged the hell out of him. Yeah, and that was... That was like, that was, that's like Saturday Night Live Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that was, like, pre-Charlie Chaplin Robert Downey Jr. It looked all right, which made me think maybe he'll do Iron Man forever and they'll just do it that way. Yeah, I mean, he looked decent, and I was like, he can actually do Iron Man for the rest of his life now. It was a much better job than, like, Tron Legacy, where they where they made Jeff Bridges look younger. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or even better than Michael Douglas and Ant-Man. Yeah, I'm better. And they did Michael, Michael Douglas. They took 70-year-old Michael Douglas and Ant-Man made him look 60. Yeah. I thought the young it was I mean it was a little bit off but it still looked pretty good yeah it still kind of it, it crossed over into the un- uncanny valley like, somewhat yeah like you know something's not right and it's detracting you you're like pulling away from it yeah but it still looked good yeah better than I've seen any other de-aging to that extent anyway yeah um, so he has a very sweet little memory of how he wishes to remember his parents the last time he saw them. Yeah. And, but then he runs into a woman in the hallway who gives her a picture of her son, basically. Long story short, you killed my child. The Avengers threw a building on top of him in... Uh, Sokovia. Uh, Sokovia. So you murdered my child. Now, I had a problem with that line because it's like, you murdered my child. I'm like, he didn't murder him. Tony did not set murder by definition is the intent on killing someone. No, and he may have killed him, but he didn't murder him. Well, we could look at Ultron's responsible for that. And then Tony's responsible for Ultron. Uh, yeah, but the general public does not know that Tony is responsible for Ultron. True. But, so, Tony, you, like, get the shell shock that innocent people have died in their watch. How are they shocked? (laughs) 
they not fly over and just see all those corpses there? Like, oh, those are, they'll get back up. <laughs> you can't be that blind, right? No, you can't be that blind, but you kind of put it in the back of your head. Like, yeah, yeah there are casualties, but the world goes on. We did the right thing. Yeah, and I think Tony's still going through PTSD from the events of Avengers 1. Yeah, um, well, he said he got rid of the suits, and he later on gives a good explanation. It's finally an explanation. Yeah. I mean, it took us a couple of years to get that explanation between the events of Iron Man 3 and Avengers 2. Yeah, Iron Man 3 is like, I quit and blows up all the suits. All of a sudden, Avengers 2 is like right there opening scene as Iron Man. Yeah, and we're all like, wait a minute. But no, he gives an explanation. It's a brilliant explanation. I, I can't give up. Yeah. And he also gives an explanation later on that he and Pepper are on a break. Pretty much he picked Iron Man over her. Yeah, really? he picked Iron Man over her. And that's, you know, that's a constant struggle you see in a lot of comics. Uh, yeah, Sp- with- Spider-Man, Superman. Spider-Man, Superman, Batman. Uh, it's a constant struggle. and <laughs> But still, I don't think that has really been done very much in the movies, if at all. Not in Marvels. I guess it's just like we can't. We didn't have any Gwyneth Paltrow money because uh, Gwyneth wasn't in Avengers two either. No, she was in the and, first Avengers. Yeah, she was in the first Avengers, and that was it. She wasn't in Avengers two, and neither was uh, Natalie Portman. And they make excuse, you know, Jane's off doing stuff, and you know, Pepper's off doing stuff. And now it's just Pepper and I are on a break. Yeah. And, like, she's only coming back if you pay her X amount of money, basically. Yeah, that is what I'm gathering. But it's a good write-off. They didn't kill her off. Oh, yeah. They just said that we're on a break and we're not seeing each other because I can't stop being Iron Man. But Tony gets together with the new Secretary of State. And how, like, we've gone all these years since Hulk and not known that Thunderbolt Ross became Secretary of State is beyond me. Eight, eight years it's been since that movie. <laughs> eight years, and none of us knew that Thunderbolt Ross was made Secretary of State. And I'm just sitting there going, you know, you'd figure that would have been major news, especially with Banner. Yeah. And it's no wonder he's MIA, because Thunderbolt Ross gets his sights on Banner, and it's over. Conspicuous from his absence throughout this entire movie was Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, Nick Fury, he was in Avengers 2 was the last time we saw him. Yeah, and... uh, you know, Shield has their TV show. Not to mention, uh, you know, they were in Avengers too. So I kind of expected them to show up in Cap, especially since Cap has been a Shield central storyline. The only Shield agent they had was Agent Thirteen. Yeah, uh, and we get to see, uh, you know, uh, Tony gets the gang together with Thunderbolt Ross, and he's like, "We need to be put in check." Here's something called the Sokovia Accord. And basically, everybody's meeting in Geneva, and we want all superheroes to sign this over. We can't be an unchecked entity. And, you know, Cap is like, no, we need to be above them. Because what if there's people in trouble, and they tell us, no, we're not allowed to go help them because of some democratic dispute. Yeah. Which is totally reasonable. Yeah, and that's a reasonable argument. I'm like, listen, we help the helpless. We do what we can in this world. We don't need governments trying to interfere with us trying to make the world a better place, which they are, and they've proven that. Yeah. And, you know, Stark's argument is innocent people have died. We have to be held accountable or we're no better than the villains. Which he's feeling the guilt of everything coming down on him. Yeah. You know, the guilt of Pepper, uh, guilt of people dying. So, so they, both, they both have a point. Oh, uh, what was that? They both have a point, which makes the movie more interesting. It does, and they both have legitimate points. It's not like some asshole move. It's legitimate theological uh, points pointing towards the uh, world as we know it. But then we move, Cap gets an unfortunate text. Uh, fortunately, Peggy is dead. 
uh, Agent Carter. Uh, which I saw, I saw, I saw the uh, casket in the trailer. Who <laughs> they kill the cat nose, and then I saw it in the movie. Like, oh, that makes sense because she was like ninety, they're almost a hundred years old and half crazy in the last movie with like Alzheimer's yeah, she, or something. Yeah, she had Alzheimer's and was almost a hundred years old, so it was kind of like life well lived. And they also revealed that Agent Thirteen was Sharon Carter, her niece, which uh, she was in the last movie. Bunch yes, of soldiers, was. but they didn't name her as Sharon Carter. She was just an agent of Shield. But that was that was a cute, uh, or not cute, but a nice uh, wrap up for Peggy Carter's character. No, I mean it was cute. And then her uh, Sharon Carter speech ties in with Cap's whole situation about standing your ground, basically. Yeah, we find out that the girl who had, was monitoring Tony, uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that was monitoring Tony the entire time he was living in New York uh, during the events of... You mean Steve. Her uh, soldier was Peggy's niece. Yeah, she's monitoring in Steve. What was that? She's monitoring in Steve. Yeah, monitoring Steve. I'm sorry. Steve, yeah. not Tony. Yeah, monitoring Steve. And... uh it's played by Emily Van Camp, and I I've loved that girl for a few years now. I always thought she was a great actress, had a good bit of depth to her. She wasn't but, in this movie a lot. She just sort of disappeared. She does, but she's a CIA agent at this point. She quit Shield and gone to work for the CIA. Oh, okay. After the events of Winter Soldier, because the, the Shield was dismantled. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah, at the end of Winter Soldier, there was no more S.H.I.E.L.D. And you see in the prologue, like, when um, Black Widow, I'm sorry, not prologue, epilogue, uh, when Black Widow's testifying before Congress, they do that montage. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you see her in a CIA shirt training. That's right, Maria Hill went to, like, work for Stark. Yeah. Um... So she's there, and they find out, you know, hey, this happened, blah, blah, blah. So then we jump to the Accord, and uh, we run into Prince um, T'Challa and the King T'Chaka. Yeah, T'Challa and T'Chaka, sorry. Uh, um, who are head, uh, you know, uh, King T'Chaka, uh, King of Wakandia, and his eldest son, uh, next in line, they're being diplomatic. They're on a diplomatic mission. The older no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ten dip- uh, ten people from Wakanda died in the Nigerian fight in that building that accidentally got blown up. Yeah, like like Wakanda is a fictional country. It's like the only piece of Africa that's not like shit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they have, to have like one of the wealthiest countries because they have um, vibranium. That and their their borders are completely closed to outsiders. Yeah, they have like advanced technology. Like yeah, they're like on the Western super advanced technology, like hundreds of years before we do. Yeah, because they've been very introspective. They don't deal with outsiders. They don't trade. They take care of themselves. Yeah, and the vibranium that you know, vibranium pretty much only exists on Cap Shield. In the armor of, uh, well, on Cap Shield, in Ultron, and yeah. not what well, Ultron's body, which became Vision, yeah, and uh, Black Panther. Now, unfortunately, there's a giant explosion, and looks like Bucky is to be blamed for causing a giant explosion at the Sokovia Accord. And so Cap goes and tracks down Bucky. And this is where I kind of, like, one of my big things is, like, how the hell did Cap know where to find Bucky? All in uh, Germany? Yeah, it was like all of a sudden he's able to track him down in Germany, no problems. Oh, because um, Carter gave him a, Agent Carter gave him a uh, information docket. Remember he was oh, uh, hanging okay, out? So they were she- able to track him down by that? Don't you think other government agencies would have had that already? Well, she gave. I guess they also had the information, but maybe he could. Uh, okay. He could well, jump on it faster than uh. He just felt very quick to me. 
Yeah, he only beat the German police by like five minutes. Yeah, but they were still pretty damn quick. Yeah, but at least they tried to explain it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's half-assed, but they tried. Yeah, I mean, to me, the whole first act of the movie felt rushed. Yeah. It felt like they were trying to go blam, 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 and it just seemed like there's some fairly uh, little holes here and there. Not Nothing major, nothing to, like, I'm just I, at this point I'm nitpicking. It's a it's a masterpiece compared to Batman versus Superman. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean, obviously the Russo brothers know how to tell a story and understand these characters, and under the protection of Mar- Marvel Entertainment, Kevin Feige, and Disney, it can't get screwed up. They know they're protecting their assets. Yeah. Um, but then we move on. Tony tracks down Bucky. He helps Bucky escape police capture, which automatically makes him a fugitive. Uh, Falcon's out helping um, Steve and Bucky try to get out of there, but suddenly there's a new player, and we see the first shot of Black Panther. Yeah, that's a pretty decent-looking outfit. Oh, that is a great-looking Black Panther. I don't think they could do it much better than what, what they did. No, and they didn't make it solid black. Like, there's this... He has the uh, vibranium streaks in it mm-hmm. that make it, you know, actually pop. It outlines the uh, outfit. Yeah, I mean... Instead of just like a... It, otherwise, it would look like a black cat suit, and that's kind of what I was afraid of. Because it can be a hokey... Uh, it can be a hokey costume if it's not done right. Yeah, like, you do that wrong, you're suddenly in the in Cats. Yeah, but no, they did it right. It looked like a badass suit, and a giant chase ensues between Bucky and Cap and Falcon and Black Cat, a Black Cat, Black Panther. And one of the coolest things I ever have seen in cinema was Bucky knocking that guy off the bike in one fell swoop, knocking him off and hijacking the bike, turning it around and taking off. Uh, they did like a slow mo. Not not Matrix slow-mo, but, like, half that speed. Yeah, like, half speed slow to... Because if you did that in regular speed, you're going to miss yeah. exactly what he did. And it was freaking awesome. It's just one of those little touches of, of, of quality. Yeah, it was just like, wow, that was something. So then ends, like, uh, CIA swoops in on Bucky and Cap and... Falcon and Black uh, Panther, but really Black Panther has diplomatic immunity, so they can't do dick to him. Yeah, like and Black Panther and her like, well, he, you know, he's done now King of Wakanda, so uh, and <laughs> yeah, they can't do they can't do anything to him. But yeah, the other three get arrested. And then Tony shows back up, right? Yeah, and then Tony shows back up and he's like, Well, your weapons have been confiscated, they're property of the US government. <laughs> Like well, that's even Falcons like that's cold. Oh yeah, because they they actually belong to the government. Yeah, which yeah, that's true. I mean, they do. But at the same time, it's like, really, you're gonna pull that card? You guys, are dicks. Pretty much. Uh, but so far, we the lines have been drawn. Widow, widow's taken Tony's side. In yeah, all this. reluctantly. Reluctantly, but she's taking Tony's side and saying, maybe we do need to be put in check. You know, meanwhile, Steve and is holding to his guns. And a lot of that had to do with the speech that Sharon Carter gives about when the world is telling you to move, you stop and say, no, you move. Yeah, War Machines with Tony and uh, Vision. Is, yeah. Visions with Tony. That's uh, it, but, at this point, Scarlet Witch is on the fence. Uh, yeah, Scarlet think. Witch is on the fence until... Uh, Tony makes a call and Barton comes out of retirement to go get Scarlet Witch. And if she lis- she'll listen to anybody, it's going to be Hawkeye. Because Vision was babysitting her. He, like, they didn't want her to leave. Yeah, which, they let's just start stop there up. for a minute and comment on how cute Vision and Scarlet Witch were together. Dude, that was like one of my favorite parts of the movie. Just the little things. Yeah, I, those two were freaking adorable. Not to mention Vision wandering around in a sweater and khakis. Yeah, that was like epic. Like he still has this like crazy robot look, but he's still rocking the people clothes. 
Yeah, he's like, I'm trying to be people, so... <laughs> and it's not like he's trying to be the whitest person on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he got into a J. Crew catalog. But I thought Vision was a lot more fleshed out in this movie than he was in Avengers 2. Like, Agreed. And tremendously I even, more. I thought he was a lot more fleshed out, and he... I think his general look uh, was a bit more realistic in this. Yeah. He looked more tactile. Yeah, the better special effects. Better special effects on Vision. Um, played by, who's the actor's name? Paul Bentley? Uh, Paul Bentley. Yes, Paul Bentley. Paul Bentley. Great, great guy's Vision. He voiced Jarvis before. Yeah, he was Jarvis before. Now he's Vision. Yeah. Uh, which Tony has... Uh, my get my girl Friday as his as, new Jarvis, right? Yeah, as his AI voice. Um, but yeah, I, want, I want to see a Vision and Scarlet Witch spinoff. A Vision and Scarlet Witch spinoff would be fantastic, and it sucks because we still haven't had a Black Widow spinoff, and we really do need one. Yeah, like I want her pre-story bad, or at least flashbacks of it. And you know what? Spy movies do well. I mean, look how well Jason Bourne has done. Yeah. In fact, I saw a trailer for the next Jason Bourne film. It's got, you know, Matt Damon and it's got, uh, uh, Two-Face. Oh, no, do not The new Two-Face. Not, not Aaron Eckhart. Uh, Tommy Lee oh, Jones. Oh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, he's got those, and I'm like, you know what, Scar- you slap the Marvel ticket on that, do a Scarlet Witch spy movie pre-Avenger, pre-Shield? Black, Black Widow. I mean, Black Widow, I'm sorry, Black Widow, you do that, and that's money. Definitely. I mean, Scarlet Witch already proven that she's a box office draw on her own. Add Nick Fury back into that, even. Yes. Like and Samuel Jackson doesn't age? No. Black don't crack. Nope. Black don't crack. But I'd love to see a Vision and Scarlet Witch movie. I mean, they're doing Ant-Man and the Wasp, so I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah, I'd rather see a Vision Scarlet Witch movie than I would see Ant-Man and the Wasp. Because we're not getting the real Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know, we're not getting Hank Pym and Janet Pym. Yeah, you're getting the... I like Scott Lang a lot, though. I do like Scott Lang. It's not that I don't like... I like Scott Lang. It's just I like Hank Pym more. So let's talk about Ant-Man. Scott Lang was hilarious in this movie. Scott Lang paid the biggest fanboy you can imagine of joining the Avengers. Like, um, Paul Rudd, he wasn't in the movie very long, but man, the parts he was in were epic. Yeah, like, the part, he, was he made every scene he was in count. Yeah. And that's more important than screen time. Oh, yeah. He... You know, he shows up, Hawkeye gets Scarlet Witch out of there. Scarlet Witch actually throws Venom near in, I don't know, how deep into the Earth. Yeah, I think she activated Vision's, um, he can walk through, like, he can uh, change his uh, density. He yeah, can, he can be like a mist, or he can be, walk uh, through things, but here, here's the thing, he was creating a hole in every floor he was falling into. Yeah, because she, she raised his density to that extreme. Because oh, he could okay. do that, too. So she reversed. Okay. Yeah, he can become super dense also. See, I thought he just... Uh, well, I thought she just, like, uh, threw him. No, it's, co- it's confusing because they never... Exp- they explain the phasing part, but they don't explain that he can alter it the other way, too. They really didn't do a great job of, uh, like... He didn't really phase in through anything during Avengers 2, did he? Maybe once. I don't twice, remember him phasing through anything. I'll have to go back no. and watch it again. He did in this movie, but they they haven't really explained his powers at all, really. Yeah, he did it a lot in this movie, but I don't remember him doing that in Avengers Two. He did like he'd phase his arm through an Ultron robot and rip him in half. Uh, did he? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't remember him going through a wall or anything, but he would like phase his uh, arm through the robot and do like like rip him. So they um, did introduce that aspect at least. But meanwhile, while Cap is gathering friends, 
Tony goes and pays a visit to Queens. Oh, dude, I actually, I was watching that, and it popped Queens up on the screen. I actually, like, had a, a, a vocal, yeah, like, that was real cheesy. But Well, here's, here's my thing. Yeah. I was so into the movie that I was trying to think who the hell's in Queens. Oh, I knew instantly. I'm so, because I'd forgotten, like, I was so into the movie that I wasn't even thinking about what I've seen, what in trailer. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, it's not Luke Cage because that's not Harlem. Yeah. It's not Jessica Jones or Daredevil because that's not Hell's Kitchen. So who the hell's in Queens? And you see this kid strolling through carrying a DVD player. I was like, and I keep going to myself, who the hell's this kid? Yeah, because he's young looking. He looks like he's 13. He's a freaking kid. It's like some 15-year-old they picked up off the street like, hey, kid. It's not Tobey Maguire being like, I'm 30 and I'm acting 15. Yeah, uh, this kid was freaking young. Yeah. And he goes into his apartment and suddenly he realizes Tony Stark is on his couch talking to Aunt May. And this kid is introduced as Peter Parker. How geek did you get? Dude, I was like, well, my first thought was, man, I want to fuck Aunt May. <laughs> You've always done that, though. No, not like yeah, this, dude. Oh, not yeah. Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei playing Aunt May, man, that is... That's something. I'm like... Man, she just... Aunt May keeps getting younger. It's like, first, I don't know the actress's name that played adjacent to Tobey Maguire. But then the amazing Spider-Man is Sally Field. That was Rosemary Harris. Rosemary Harris, that's right. It's Rosemary Harris, then Sally Field, and now it's... <laughs> Marissa Tomei Academy Award winning Marissa Tomei Let's you, you didn't want to bang Rosemary Harris? Uh, no, I'm good man I'm good Yeah, right. But we get you know, We get to that And Tony's like can I have a few moments He won uh, some sort of uh, scholarship Or something Yeah, it's basically Tony's bullshit way of being like Yeah, it was like he gets him alone and Tony pulls up a view screen on his wristband. He's like, so this is you, and he shows a kid in red swinging through the air. And I'm thinking Aunt May isn't worried about this millionaire or billionaire just showing up to like they went alone time with her with her nephew. Well, he did eat her uh date nut uh walnut date cake. I just like imagine like him just going in the room and just like raping the hell out of Peter. Right. What, I, what my thought was, man. Okay, Rose. I, I would believe Rosemary Harris making some sort of walnut date cake. Yeah. I don't think Aunt. I don't think Marissa Tomei would be doing that. She's old in spirit. She is. Uh, that's Marissa Tomei, man. I'm like that girl's a dirty girl. <laughs> like she just got off a stint on Empire, uh, and she was something else on that. So basically, the plot hole is um, how Tony figured out that the red spider kid was Peter Parker. Yeah, I mean, he just shows up and he automatically knows it's Peter Parker. Yeah, I have no idea. They didn't really explain that. I mean, and that's one of my things. Like, I felt like this movie could have been 15 minutes longer. They explained a few things. Just to fill in little things like that. Just, just a tiny bit. Maybe in Homecoming, they'll explain it. <laughs> Because Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in it. Yeah, he is. So, I mean, that would make total sense. But he's like, this kid's wandering around in basically a red onesie and welding goggles. Yeah, it's, it's a ghetto costume. But he does have one thing that we've been missing since they started making Spider-Man films. It's the belt? Web shooters. They have web shooters in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, no, I wasn't paying that close attention to those. Oh, yeah. And the last ones he did. It was just the uh, Maguire ones that he had the organic yeah, shooters. Yeah, that. No, no, no. This is real web shooters. He, he was, like, commenting on the tactile strength and who made the formula, and he's like, I did, and we're like, yeah! Yep. No Oscorp bullshit, none of that. Peter did it. Yeah. Because he's a he's ge- like, kid genius, too. Yeah, Kid James, he's like, tell you what, you got a passport? What? We're going to Germany. What? And, like, they also didn't explain, like, Peter never told, like, Aunt May, like, hey, I'm going to Europe for tonight. Well, you know what? We don't, we didn't necessarily need to see that. I mean, it was definitely implied because we suddenly get to Germany and Cap and Tony are rushing at each other. Uh, Black Panther shows up. Uh, 
Scar, sorry, Black uh, Black Widow shows up. Um, everybody else on Tony's team showing up, and suddenly, you know, Tony says, "Line under ruse," and Spider Man shows up, takes his shield, and he's in the spider costume, and his eyes are moving, and fuck, it looked great. Yeah, it's very. It looked like the original Steve Ditko uh, design. Yeah, it did. It looked straight out of the original comics, and oh my god, like, when I was in the theater for the Midnight Show, and we all stood up and were like, this is amazing. And he was, like, the voice down at everything. Yeah, he did. I mean, he sounded like a little kid who was just kind of snarky and had a lot to say, like, he wouldn't shut up. Yeah, I think he has, like, a nervous talker. Yeah. Sort of. But yeah, I thought the costume was really good. The webbing really was much thicker than they've showed before in the other Spider-Man movies. It looks more substantial, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it did. I mean, it looked thick and coarse and like like actual webbing. Yeah, it was very good. Oh, so let's see. That's all. Oh, that actually took place at the uh, Leipzig uh, Holly Airport. That's like near where my kid was born. Which I, I thought was cool. That's like a personal thing. Nobody else would like know where the hell it was. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea where it was. In fact, yeah. when you told me, I was like, were they in Berlin? I wasn't paying attention. No, it's in Germany. It's like Berlin is like the uh, Richmond of Germany. We're like, oh, I'm from West Virginia. Like, is that near Richmond? I'm an American. All I know about <laughs> Germany is Berlin. And the Nazis. The Nazis. And Hamburger. Or Hamburg, home of the Hamburger. Hamburg. How can you forget Hamburg? Oh, and uh, Wiener Schnitzel. Yeah, Wiener Schnitzel. Uh, I do love that Wiener Schnitzel. You like the strudel? Oh, uh, the strudel. Who you doesn't like the strudel? You like to taste the people's strudel? Uh, the people's strudel? Ah, yes, the people's strudel. I mean, we basically, and they get into this epic fight, and the plan is like, Tony needs the hell jet to get to... Uh, Siberia. Yes. Well, Steve and Bucky find out that the uh, the Zemo, which we haven't really talked about Zemo, uh, the Zemo, they think Zemo is going to activate the other Winter Soldiers. There's like four or five more guys that have. Right. Them. He's after, they're after Baron Zemo. Yeah, of he's not Baron in this movie. Like he's like barely Zemo. He's like Zemo in name only. <laughs> right? Like Baron Zemo was like a Nazi Hydra count or something. And this movie is kind of just like an average ex-soldier. Uh, doesn't yeah, have the no, pink outfit or the first. Yeah, Jacobian Special Forces soldier. Yeah, but he wasn't like Baron Zemo. No, he wasn't. Like the he didn't have the pink outfit or the furs or any of that stuff. Right. Which I don't think you could do on film anyway. No, not really. I mean, the film adaptation being what it is, it was fine. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's why uh, Cap and uh, Bucky are trying to get to the they're trying to get to Siberia. Yeah, they need the Quinjet basically. Yeah, but that starts an epic fight between the two Avengers teams. Yeah, and this fight is probably one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen cinematically. Uh, like the amount of craftsmanship that went into setting all that stuff up was is mind boggling. Yeah, I mean they spared no expense, and this was the big battle. Yeah, this is what people paid to see. Mm-hmm. And so many things like um, Bucky and Falcon trying to run away, Spider-Man chasing them down, Spider-Man quipping at them the entire time. Yeah. Oh, Falcon and uh, and Bucky not getting along, which is great. Yeah, Falcon, uh, Falcon and Bucky, very, very... Uh, Odd couple. I think it's because they both have a band crush on Steve. <laughs> like, I'm his best friend. No, I'm his new best friend. Yeah, pretty much. Can you move your seat up? No. But yeah, that whole sequence was, was epic. And then you got Ant-Man turning into Giant Man. Yeah, that was a big surprise, and I'm really glad they didn't put that in the trailers. Yeah. I was shocked because Funko, they they make these pop figurines I collect. They released the Giant Man pop. Like, just a regular line. Boys are always ahead of the spoilers. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, I hadn't heard anything about Giant Man at all, and all of a sudden they put this out. I'm like, oh. I was Me like, neither. I, I told you, like, I got this one. It's like, I'm not going to tell you about it because it's not in the trailer. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, don't show me that at all. I want to know. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it. I didn't. Yeah. Because like, I actually thought a while ago that they're either going to do Giant Man in Ant-Man the Wasp or they'll do it in Avengers uh, Infinity Wars Part 1. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised they did it this early, too. But they did it, and it was a great line. As soon as he said, I've got something big, and I'm like, oh, do the thing. Do the thing. <laughs> He's like, I did it once in a lab. I passed out. And Scott Lang is your everyman. That's great. He's like Scott a guy Lang was fanboying over Cap so hard. Yeah. So it's he, funny because he was like the fanboy on Cap's team, and like Spider Man was like the fanboy on his team. And just the line he delivered is like, here's your shield, Captain America. Yeah. Like all corny, it was great. It was like the most corny way you could possibly deliver anything, and it was beautiful. But that whole you've got Widow fighting Hawkeye, yeah. Uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch are going at it. So you had uh, Cap and Black Panther are going at it. And War Machine and Falcon, right? Yeah, War Machine and Falcon are going on. They know that, and that's black on black crime. Yeah. And then, like, Iron Man and uh, Giant Man. Iron Man and Giant Man. And Ant-Man, I guess. God, the way they took down Giant Man was brilliant. You know that old uh, movie, Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> I'm thinking that movie probably took place... I was thinking Peter Parker is probably born in the year 2000. So, like, that movie's 20 years before he was born. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, that just thanks, Josh. That just hit me. Yeah. So like it would be it would be old damn. It would be. I agree with you. Like, and that's my kids are gonna I don't know if my kids are gonna ever view it as an old movie because we've been watching it since they were born. Yeah. But yeah, that that whole thing was like I loved Ant Man going into Iron Man's suit too. That was cool. That was really cool. Ant Man riding around on Hawkeye's arrow. He's like, I'm ready, arrow guy. So much fan service. Yeah. You, you couldn't ask all. for any more fan service than this mm-hmm. movie. Like, if you were a geek, you'd need to go see this movie. Yeah. But basically, it boils down to Tony... Everybody realizes this is all fucked up. By the end, it's too late. Like, Cap and... Um, Cap and Bucky have stolen the Quinjet. Everybody's down or hurt. Uh, okay. Half of them are going to get arrested and actually Black, get taken to the raft. Black Widow turned on her team, which yeah, you know, big shock. Yeah, start shooting Black Panther. Black Panther. You know, I said I'd help you find him. I didn't say I'd help you capture him. Yeah, there's a difference. So that's how they got away. Is because if Black Widow didn't turn, they wouldn't have got away. Right. And so uh, then we get to. The, them getting to Siberia, finding uh, Baron Zemo. And spoiling down to, there were other super soldiers, but Zemo decided to put a bullet in all their heads. Yeah, because his motivation was different than what they anticipated. Yeah, it was like, you think his motivation is going to be to raise his own army. The comic book Baron Zemo would have done that. But, yeah. But, but not this incarnation. Right, and I think at this point he would now, because he gets captured, but by the end he were... And here's the big reveal, and this this is bugging me, and it's been bugging me. It's going to keep bugging me. I'm sorry, this is... Well, so t- t- Tony gets information, like the other Avengers get arrested. Uh, Tony just finds out that the Winter Soldier was set up. Right. And then... Uh, Gets information from Falcon where Cap and Bucky are. Heads there. So Iron Man gets to where Cap and Bucky are. Right? Right. And suddenly, Baron Zemo plays a tape, and it shows the car crash that we see in 1991. It shows Bucky causing the car crash, and it shows Bucky dragging (laughs) Tony's dad out of the car. Yeah. 
and punching him in the face till he's dead. And then choking... Choking Tony's the mom. Ch- choking Mama Stark. Yeah. And here's what gets me. Why the hell was there a videotape recording in 1991 on that piece of land? It's out the, it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere. They yeah. should have they should have done it like out by a convenience store or. Yeah, it was uh, it was a dirt road. I mean, you obviously see this is a dirt road out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I guess you could say it's a farmer that does home security or something. I mean, uh, yeah, but at the same time, you think, okay, who'd they kill to steal the tape? Was it recording on VHS? Why do they have a VHS tape player? I, all in all, it kind of spoke to me. Why didn't they just show Tony the original dossier that was handed to Bucky to tell him what to do and where to go yeah. to kill them in the first place? I guess the way it'd work would be like closed caption or I mean closed. Um... Like all he would have had to do is hand him a stack of papers, and I was like, look at the targets, and that's all you had to do. You didn't have to ha- have a MacGuffin like that. I guess it would run, back then, would run through closed-circuit television back to the farm. We'll say it's on a farm, right? And then he, the farm would record that and the VCR at the farm. Yeah, because none of it makes any sense, like, especially in 1991. <laughs> yeah, be, I'm stretching it here. This is, like, the only... You like, are really... You're trying, man. You're yeah. trying, and, but no, I'm not buying it because of the date. Like, okay, this day and age, had that happened... This year, the past five years, yeah, because there are fucking cameras everywhere. Yeah, but not ninety-one. But also in that universe, they're a lot more technologically advanced than they are in ours. Just think, mm-hmm. like you had like Ant Man going around in what the sixties. Yeah, but that it's, is generally kept secret from the public. The rest of the world is normal as us. I mean, they're in New York, they're in wherever. But they're a little more technologically advanced than we are because you have like tech Stark technologies. Um, if you look like Agents of Shield, they have flying cars. And Another thing that bugged me was the type of car that Howard Stark was driving. Yeah, it was that like was, a Lincoln or something, wasn't it? Or, or it was like an old Lincoln. Yeah, he would, no, that man, first thing he would be either A, driven, yeah. or B, he would be driving something really pimped out. Oh, wait, but it took place in Siberia, right? They probably, yeah. had, to, they probably had to rent a car. No, remember they were driving away from Tony's house. Oh, to to the airport. To the Pentagon. That's that's oh yeah, I'm getting my I'm getting my uh, locales mixed yeah, up. Yeah, so no, they were on American soil. Bucky was in Siberia, not not okay, okay. That is my big gaping plot hole of the movie. That MacGuffin right there. Yeah. It was a technologically advanced farmer who's very <sighs> paranoid he's very You're paranoid about his land. And it didn't hit me until my second viewing of it. I'm like, and the first time, I'm like, wait a minute. I still think it's more. I still think it's 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 more far fetched that a woman would let a millionaire just. I mean, it's bad when we're having to come up with excuses. Her nephew's bedroom. I mean, honestly, if if that uh, Mark Zuckerberg came to your house and is like, after a minute of meeting you, is like, could take could take Nathan to his bedroom. Would, would you know, would you be like okay, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Would, would you be okay with it? I'd be okay with it, yeah. <laughs> but then we get into like Tony just loses his shit on uh, Cap because Cap knew that Bucky killed him. Bucky and Cap start fighting with Tony, and it's a drag out missile launch and brawl. That's a good fight. That's like a, a different fight than the uh, airport fight. It's more of like a... Yeah, like, that would have been the best fight of the movie had the airport fight not taken place before that. This is like a blood sport fight or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was knockdown drag out. And, like, the line he delivers, you know, I thought you were my... Uh, he's my friend, like, so was I. They shouldn't have shot that in the trailer. They, they did put that in the trailer, too. It's like, ah. Yeah, and, oh, man, it was... Yeah. It was an it was a very emotional fight. Yeah, and Bucky gets his arm ripped off. Yeah, like Tony laser blasts Bucky's metal arm off. 
Um, and Cap just beats Tony down and ends up sticking the shield in Tony's core, and Tony just breaks down. Like uh, Cap gets up, picks up Bucky, starts walking away. He's like, "You leave that shield. That's my father made that shield." And you know, Cap just drops the shield. Because one on one, an armorless Tony Stark is not going to have a snowball's chance in hell against Captain America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, I mean, it was just it was so emotional. And meanwhile, uh, Baron Zemo, Zomo, Zemo, Zemo, God, getting tied. Finding he's outside, Zemo. he's about to put a bullet in his own head, but Black Panther stops him. He's like, I almost, you almost had me killed the wrong man. Because Zemo's entire motivation, he knew that he couldn't topple the Avengers, right? Right. Like, as a as a regular Red Skull, Ultron-type villain. So he decided that he was going to try to break them up from within. But another thing, how did Zemo find out that uh, Winter Soldier killed Tony's parents? Oh, he was... Li- he, how did Winter Soldier find out? How did he find out? How did Zemo Marvel? find... How did Zemo find out that Winter Soldier killed... Stark's parents. That's right, because he wouldn't. He should not have known that before getting into that cave, unless he somehow got a hold of that tape somehow. Who gave him that tape? The Hydra agent, but he asked about a specific event anyway. Yeah, I mean, he was asking about a specific. So I guess Bucky told him. But how would Bucky meet him? Zemo. Well, in the, interroga- in the interrogation room. Okay, they just didn't show it then. They didn't show it. Yeah, that okay. was the big because they couldn't have shown it because then it would have been revealed earlier before they wanted to. Yeah, but Zemo's that's plot. Yeah, he off himself, and Black Panther didn't want revenge. I guess he he knew everybody else was obsessed with revenge, and he didn't want to end up eating with it like everybody else. Which really, up to that point, Baron, uh, Black Panther is almost a villainous character in his portrayal. Kind of, he's out for revenge. He wants Bucky dead for because he thinks Bucky killed his father. I don't think he's a villainous character. He wants revenge. You know, you killed my father, prepare to die. Yeah, but it's a different kind of hero than, like, Captain America. Yeah, it's a different kind of hero, but it's still, like, completely justifiable. There isn't anyone in that audience who's going to think Black Panther's a bad guy for wanting to go after the man who killed his father. Yeah, but then him saying that redeems him as, like, a traditional hero. Right? Yes and no. I mean, you gotta think, there have been a lot of revenge stories where the heroes, like, think Princess Bride and Emingo Montoya. True. But still, it's not like, they don't want Black Panther to be, like, Punisher. No. Going into his own movie. Right? Right, he's gonna have his own movie soon, but... And then we find out in the epilogue that, uh, uh, you know, Tony... Uh, poor Rhodey got really fucked up during the battle at the airport, and pretty much his spine is snapped. Yeah, or, so uh, he has like robot yeah, ro- robo legs, sort of like robo. Yeah, so Rhodey's walking around robo legs. Uh, Vision is kind of lost without uh, Wanda by his side. And the other Avengers are in jail. <laughs> yeah, they're in jail. We find out like he, Tony gets a care package, and it's from Steve, and he's like, "Listen." <laughs> I'm sorry it had to be like this, blah, blah, blah. And it has a phone in it. You know, you call if you need us. And he gets a call from Thunderbolt Ross. And there's a break in the reach, and we see Cap breaking into the reach to get everybody out. Yeah, so the Avengers, all, almost all the Avengers are on the run. Yeah, and they all end up, and we find out in the post credit scene, they're all in Wakanda. So they're now fugitives from law and the sovereign nation of Wakanda being protected by the Black Panther. Because Winter Soldier got put back to sleep. Right, and and Bucky opts to go back to sleep because all the Hydra stuff is still in his head. Yeah, so I mean... But so, so now it's, we're on Secret Avengers now. Pretty much, yeah. But it, by Avengers 3, something will happen and they'll have to get back together. Right. So I guess and, this is Hollywood, so I guess we could talk about, I guess, Avengers 3 if you want to real quick. What, what do you expect... I mean, the team is eventually going to get back together. Well, why don't we do that for a separate podcast? Because we're already going an hour into this. Oh. This is our review. Oh, okay. We'll do another podcast. Go, what do we want in Avengers 3? There you go. But honestly, this movie, um, top to bottom, well acted. Um, yeah, it had a big gaping plot hole for me that bugs me. Futuristic Farmer. But that's nitpicking. picking. <laughs> 
He'll be in Avengers 3. Cyber Farm Man. <laughs> they like Marvel, we can do no wrong. No, it's like, no, Marvel, uh, Disney ends up buying DC as well. It's actually a farm owned by the Kents. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, but other than that detail, I mean, if that's the biggest complaint you got, that's not too bad. I mean, if you're a fanboy and you love the series, then this movie is definitely for you. Yeah. Because there's so much fan service in that epic uh, airport fight. It's ridiculous. Vision and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, and it looks uh, like a lot of the fighting from um, the Civil War storyline, too. Yeah. On that slow-mo money shot where uh, Tony's firing a blaster at Cap and Cap's holding up the shield. In the airport? No, in uh, in Siberia. Okay, yeah. And they're just like, it's a standstill. Oh, yeah, that was on like, that was on a cover, wasn't it? Yeah, that was on one of the covers, but it still looked great. Oh, yeah. And they held it an appropriate amount of time, like they slowed it down, let it sink in. Honestly, the Russo brothers did a phenomenal job directing this. Uh, the cast brought their A game. Everybody was on point, including um, the two new characters. Well, three if you count Zemo. My uh, crush on Elizabeth Olsen keeps getting bigger. She looks so much like her sisters; it starts like freaking me out. No, she has more like she, she definitely she, has a better body than her sisters. She can act better, but I'm just saying that she looks a lot like them. It looks a lot like him, but it's like if Mary Kate and Ashley ate a sandwich, yeah, and look and look like a human. Yeah, they like Dave Coulier show up. <laughs> <laughs> Avengers three, Fuller, Fuller House. Oh, it's like Scott Lang's father's Dave Coulier. Avengers three, fullest house. Oh God! <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Dave Coulier is Magneto. That'd be amazing. I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth Olsen did, did well. Um, almost everybody, like, there's nothing acting wise I could be like, well, they sucked. Like, nobody called it in. Which, a lot of these movies, it's easy for them to call it in. Yeah, I would say that's correct, but no, it was a phenomenal movie. Um, definitely go see this in the theater. It's meant to be seen on a big screen. But first, make sure you've seen Winter Soldier and Avengers 2. Yeah, a guy with has not, not make... seen Avengers 1, 2, or Winter Soldier, or uh, half the Marvel films, so he was lost on a lot of points. Uh, yeah, so basically, especially Avengers 2 and, uh, and Winter Soldier, because it's heavily, heavily, heavily and, and, and sets up this movie. Yeah, um... I definitely, out of uh, five stars, I give this... This is a four-star review. I'd probably go with, like, four and a half. It's, it's not perfect, but it's, like... It's going to be hard for them to top it. I mean... Well, we keep saying that. I know. Yeah. Like, but juggling... They haven't done this jo- well of a job juggling all these characters since the first Avengers movie. No, because Avengers 2 falls flat in a lot of ways. Yeah. It doesn't have the same oomph. Yeah, this movie kept it together, which I think that may have been the studio involvement or Joss Whedon getting burned out. I'm not sure. They tweaked it. It was a different director. You know, it wasn't Joss Whedon directing it. And I think Joss Whedon's heart just wasn't maybe in the second one. He's burned out. Between that, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all this other stuff, I think he just hit the wall. Well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's his brother. That's Jeb Whedon. I know, but he still, like, produces it, I think. Doesn't he? Uh, yeah, maybe. But yeah, I think he just is burned out. Um, but the Which Russo brothers... That's a life-consuming project. I'm, I'm happy they're doing Avengers 3 and 4. Yeah, and so am I. I mean, and Civil War was a great... You know, it was basically Avengers Disassemble. Yeah. And yeah, mixed with that and the, the thematic elements of Civil War... How many characters did they have to juggle in this movie? About twenty. All in all, I mean, you had, you know, uh, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Black Panther, War Machine, Iron Man, Captain America, Spider Man, Ant Man, -Man. Zemo, Crossbones, Thunderbolt Ross, uh, 
Howard Agent, Stark. Yeah, uh, Agent Carter. Agent Carter's niece. Aunt May. Uh, and like in, it doesn't feel over stuff like Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man Two, or uh, Batman versus Superman. Right. It wasn't like we throwing all these things at the wall and we're gonna hope something sticks. It's like no, we are presenting them on a silver platter. Here you are. Enjoy. Yeah, it's much more organized than those other films. Yeah, much more organized. So much better, much better pace. And before I went into watching it the first time, I'd actually called uh, our longtime friend and listener, Frank Manhattan. What's up, Frank? And, and uh, as soon as he picked up the phone, I just started going, Martha! <laughs> And immediately he goes, "Why did you say that name?" It's it's everything that Batman versus Superman should have been. Yeah, it is everything that Batman versus Superman should have been, and completely and utterly wasn't because this was a good film. Well, I think if if you watch Batman versus Superman after seeing this, you're going to it's going to be more irksome because you're like. They did. They they juggled even more characters than Batman versus Superman. So what's this? Yeah, they did because like Batman versus Superman, you may you see the JLA, but it's only like flashes of everybody else except Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. So they have like eight, ten characters, like half as many overall. Yeah, got Lex and Alfred and all that. And they're all brought in organically, and this was a long time story build. And you have humor for God's sake. And there's humor. Oh, my God, is there humor? I mean, there are so many parts where you laugh because it's genuinely funny. Everything between Falcon and Bucky was hilarious. My audience laughed at all the appropriate moments. Did yours react, like, uh, with the film? The first crowd did. The one I saw it with, uh, the first crowd really did. Uh, The second time around, not really. And I kept wondering, what's wrong with these people? This shit's hilarious. Yeah, that's strange. My, my theater, like, and that was another thing that got me. The language in the film, like, they added some more curse words into it. Yeah, Spider-Man, like, holy shit. Yeah, like, for, like he sees Iron, Giant Man grow before his eyes, and he has the same, holy shit. I mean, and I'm sitting there like, yeah, that's exactly what I would say. Yeah, but you don't expect that coming from Spider-Man. And I think there's w- one part where, like, uh, you hear... Uh, Black Widow say, God damn it. And there's yeah. no part where Tony says shit. Yeah. I'm just That's, like, man, they really brought the language to this. I think a PG-13, you can get away with one F now, which they're not, I don't think they'll do that in Marvel movie. Yeah, they didn't drop an F-bomb. I think you can have one. Yeah, I don't think they will. No, but, and it wasn't appropriate. I mean, the, lang- the language for which they used was <laughs> Yeah, it was because uh, they wanted to keep it Still kid friendly. Like a couple curse. Like if you watch Goonies, like they curse more in Goonies than they did in this movie. Yeah. Back in the eighties, so I mean, it's not like a movie you wouldn't show your kid, like Deadpool, because of the profanity or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, it was. It had coarse language. It had fun jokes. It had. And it was just it was basically everything that it needed to be and then some. It was Winter Soldier with comedy, I thought. Yeah, it had a lighter tone than Winter Soldier. Which I, th- I thought it was a good blend. It, it was like the ultimate like now Marvel has their formula. Yeah. It was like their ultimate formula of what they do well. Like the action, the comedy, the character development. Right, and once again, I have to say, how does DC get TV shows so right and film so wrong? Management, I would say. Because their characters are just as good as Marvel's. Yeah, they are, if not bigger. They've been around longer. Yeah, they've been around longer, but I'm just saying they're they're of the same quality, at, at least. Yeah, I don't get it, but hey... So, yeah, go watch Captain America's Civil War. It's worth your money. So, that's it, what I've got for this review. Uh, join us next time when we come up with what we want to see in uh, Avengers Infinity Wars Part 1 or whatever they're going to call it now, because that name's been scrapped. Avengers Fullest House. 
Avengers Galactic Hug. No, at Fullest House, we've got Dave Coulier. Ugh. Telling you. Bob Saget. <laughs> and Uncle Jesse. <laughs> Aunt May and Uncle Jesse go on an adventure. And they find oh. a Fetty Gauntlet. That is enough out of you. <laughs> they need to make that. The kids will love it. All right, everyone. Well, from here in the remnants of the Avengers, my name's Carter. And this is Josh. Goodbye, everybody.